Hello and welcome to the Slutty Spiritualist. We're having conversations about spirituality, mythology, religion, atheism, and the secret slutty goal is to better understand the people underneath it all. I'm Christy and I'm a slutty spiritualist. The band you're hearing in the background is the Funky Butt Brass Band playing Kermit Ruffin's When I Die, You Better Second Line. We'd love to hear from you, so get in touch via the Slutty Spiritualist Facebook page or through Twitter at Slutty Spirit or through our email address, sluttyspiritualist at gmail.com. Cool. So the recorder's on, and we'll just kind of go through a little setup here to get to know each other a little better since we're not in the room. This is our first teleconference podcast recording, cool. so yeah, we're very excited. Um and I'm used to doing these at work, but we all speak English as our first language. So what? I don't do any of those setups. What? At work, my boss keeps telling me I've got to stop the colloquialisms and movie quotes <laughs> on conference calls. <laughs> I talk in nothing but like... <laughs> French and German people who don't necessarily watch Tina Fey and... Every... Oh, yeah. Everything I say is a sports reference. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> so uh, that just... will be tricky because lots of American things will go over there as long as you're choosing the right one and also you're dealing with the correct season because sometimes they'll be like a season or two behind. That's a good point. But, yeah. To think about it. Well, yeah, I... Liz knows a ton about France. She's the one who told me that France has their own version of the Nazi party. Oh well, the Nazi. Sorry, the Nazi party is equivalent to our KKK. That's that's horrifying. That's it is to you, but to me, it was a little bit like soothing. I was like, oh, people are crappy everywhere. <laughs> it's not just America. Yeah. Remember that conversation, Liz? Because I did feel much better yeah. after you told me that. Oh my gosh! No, I love mentioning to people like I realize that 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 continental Europe especially can seem like just this wonderland of progressiveness <laughs> but it does have a dark dark underbelly <laughs> that is mightily racist this is very oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make you feel it makes me feel better because it's a human condition like it's not it's not that Americans are inherently racist. No, it just makes me hate all of humans. That's really <laughs> you already did. I so. already did, except I, for everybody present. I'm like, I'm like, oh, except for Christy. Great, they're all gonna murder each other. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> nah, we'll be fine. Okay, so let's do little intros all the way around. Uh, maybe how we all know each other a little bit. So, and I'll start, and uh, also just a little something about yourself, since this is the slutty spiritualist kind of your current worldview on that including dave if dave's allowed to say stuff in his own mind dave is absolutely allowed to say stuff i'm just giving him the freedom to not say stuff so i don't scare him away <laughs> cool all right so um i'm christy as you guys all know i know jack and matt through the comedy world here in st louis uh, we all have done improv together at some point and um yeah, and so Matt was in my improv class, so he often will come help me out with things, and he's the co-host of Slutty Spiritualist, because we started it together. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know Liz, because we worked together at Anheuser-Busch in the uh, social media analytics arena, and she was the database and data whiz who made sure we didn't fuck up all the data, and uh, and had it available to us, and and understood what exactly 
was coming from all of like Facebook and Twitter. And that was my, I called it the summer at the pool job because it didn't pay real well. And <laughs> it was real easy to leave at five o'clock <laughs> for me. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And Matt? Uh, I'm Matt. And uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, my current worldview is uh, yoga and everything's cool with me. Except you're, you're killing every, people. Except for killing people. Or being real mean to them. Or being real mean. Um, let's see. I'm Matt. My current worldview, uh, depending on the minute, is burn it all down. <laughs> or or um, I, I did a couple Tai Chi videos the other day. That was oh. kind of calming. I, I, that was nice. So you have a chi flow? Uh, n- no, but I can move real slow and and pose and kind of do little kicks and stuff. That was fun. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, because chi, you were inviting your uh your chi, your life energy. Yeah, I present. guess I I don't have any of that. I don't have I'm, don't have any life energy. I just I'm a big open cup. <laughs> Nothing in it. Um. <laughs> How, how about you, Liz? Uh, so, yeah. So I, I know Christy from, like, the last couple of, like, terrible months of my first job out of college. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> but, but it was fun to sit next to each other. I had fun there. Christy was, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I'm talking on her podcast or anything. She was one of the positive things, one of the very few positive things about that short, painful time. Oh, no. <laughs> she got laid off a month into my tenure at the job. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, gosh. It was all downhill from there. I can say that everyone liked her as soon as she came in. I Aww. certainly liked her immediately. And my first worry was, oh no, she's so nice. What if, what if Steve tries to take advantage of her niceness? She doesn't deserve that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It became very clear very quickly to me. Oh, she's savvy. Never mind. It's, she gets what's going on. <laughs> Don't worry. She knows. Steve and I developed a clear and present boundaries at all times. Oh, this sounds like Steve needs his own podcast. Steve probably has one. <laughs> it's probably called Beer and Babes. Beer and... <laughs> nice. Beer, Babes, and Waves. Oh, good. Waves on that lake down in Missouri. What is it called that he goes to all the time? Um, <laughs> oh, the Lake of the Ozarks? Yeah, the he Ozark? loves the Lake of the Ozarks. Oh. That's Steve. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm gonna take my motorboat out. And oh man, I could have I a cooler. Oh and we're gosh, gonna... <laughs> and it's the greatest in the world. But he's also got like a new age uh, curiosity, so he'll like go on about that kind of stuff too. So it's kind of fun to see. Just it's just letting I him talk. Like one with nature, oh with my, my shotgun and my. <laughs> my I kind of felt bad for him because I liked him, okay. and everybody else was yeah, like keep your boundaries strong. That one's an idiot. Oh man! <laughs> so, and uh, and so Dave. Multi-dimensional. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. Oh no, he he's just a multi-dimensional person. I would say. Yeah, very much so. But at work, he was a little bit strange sometimes. Yes. Oh, yes. Steve. <laughs> um, my current worldview 
I suppose I should share that too, is that meditation can and will get me through anything <laughs> at this <laughs> and because um, like I, I've been like putting in ridiculous work hours for the past two weeks yeah um, because DC doesn't sleep <laughs> especially right now mm. um, and uh, yeah there there are times I don't want to watch Samantha B but my husband's a huge Samantha B fan so I watch her and I'm like I'm just going to let you talk now because you express many of my frustrations right now oh so <laughs> Um, but, uh, but that's also because I, I tend to lean that way politically anyway, but that we're not talk, here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about spirituality and, yeah. um, well, it might drop uh, in, but that's okay. In the course of conversation. Naturally. And then, uh, Dave. So if we could get Dave's intro. Yes. I've been married to Liz for almost a year now. Or congratulations. Just... Yeah. Congratulations. That's right. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, because we have kind of two wedding anniversaries. One's our fun anniversary. That's when we were legally married. That was like almost as soon as like we could take a day off after I got laid off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what my future is. Let's get married now so I have insurance. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> we're going to be deported, though. So. No, I was not. Thank God. <laughs> yet um, so you guys got married then, legally about a year ago yeah and then we later had our family religious uh quaker wedding in november so oh, sweet and so dave then uh how did you guys meet tell have dave tell us yeah if he wants to uh we met through roller derby uh i met a friend well I had a friend who was uh, recently broken up with her longtime boyfriend and wanted to try new things and uh, she wrote me into going to roller derby with her and uh, I started repping uh, Liz wanted to try roller derby uh, after going to Eastern and that's Eastern Illinois. Uh, so Liz started doing roller derby. I was already repping at the time. And we never talked to each other. Uh, <laughs> if I said anything, it, I was calling a penalty on her for. <laughs> oh, and there were so many. I was so bad. So many back blocks. <laughs> She stood out. I uh, I remember she couldn't skate smoothly. She could do it quickly, which <laughs> astounded me because I never thought the two would coincide. I thought it would be smooth and quick or just slow and clunky. Somehow she managed fast and clunky. It's sort of a controlled fall environment. Just, just, uh, <laughs> she, she, stay, she stays on her feet by falling forward. <laughs> uh. Not quite that bad. Yeah. So close, though. Aww. Very close. And romance <laughs> ensued. <laughs> romance ensued after she decided to uh, go to Champaign College. 
which was an hour and a half away. So oh. <laughs> uh, she decided to rep uh, once she moved. And so then we actually started talking to each other. Sorry. And uh, it just became unfortunate that we were now an hour and a half away. Ooh. Uh, so thus began a long distance relationship. And then she graduated and got her job at AB and moved to St. Louis. And then I followed. Ah. That's Which so is sweet. impressive. Never wanted to move to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, cool. And your current worldview would be, I believe, nihilist. Is that correct? That is correct. We live in a cold, uncaring universe. And <laughs> things we do don't really have one impact or another. Matt Martin is over there nodding, going, my man. Yeah, Lee, I get that. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> the nihilist. And then Liz is uh, going through the Quaker convincing, right? That's like, that fits in with your worldview that meditation will get you through anything. Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, it's... I, I'm allowing myself to go on a longer track, mostly because I moved and I don't want to just jump into a meeting house and be like, hi, I'm here to be officially convinced. And they'll be like, we don't know you and we're unsure about this. <laughs> I, I don't. You can't I, like I, uh, if, if someone could tell me what a convincing is, that would be awesome. Oh, okay. So convincing. Quakers prefer using the word to be con to be con I, they prefer using the verb to be convinced as opposed to like mainstream christianity would probably use the word to be converted right. um because they there are multiple words that they tend to like choose alternatives for and and part of it is that quakers don't have a very strong tradition of going out and changing people and evangelizing and bringing them over to the faith it's more <laughs> of, we are here if you feel that you are convinced and you agree that this is for you you're welcome come on in <laughs> no you're welcome no you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well, but that's not your faith of birth, right? You were you grew up in a small Illinois town. Yeah. 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 Where, so uh, you were a different faith, right? Yeah. So I grew up Protestant um, and in different, like, it, it's smattering of denominations, too, which is kind of, I, I, real, I, I now appreciate um, how diverse of a exposure I had to, well, Christianity specifically, um, was diverse for where I was. Like my parents are very worldly people. They have like Protestant friends and Catholic friends. My mom's got a couple of Mormon friends. So that's very exotic ooh, and open-minded. It is. I know, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that, that was, that was kind of the exposure I had where it was, um, so we grew up, I, 
the first church I grew up in was, uh, it's called Disciples of Christ. And um, they tend to be, uh, they tend to be like, they're sort of like Presbyterians, really, in that they uh, do subscribe to uh, predestination doctrine. Uh, most of the theological um, textbooks that they base a lot of their work on is based off of John Calvin, who I have very complex feelings over, sort of like Paul. Paul and John Calvin, I don't know whether to love them or hate them sometimes. And um, so Paul is like Paul and Peter, the apostles? The apostles of oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. He was. Here's, here's wrote a, most, he, he he wrote a lot of stuff, but he wasn't actually he he was named an apostle after Jesus. He wasn't one of the twelve apostles. It's like the fifth beetle. Right. Yeah, he's a fifth beetle. Okay. Paul's a fifth beetle. And John Calvin <laughs> is a writer. Yeah, John Calvin. Uh, yeah, he he founded uh, Presbyterian the Presbyterian uh, denomination. Uh, that took off, especially in Scotland. However, he got started in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, and he was there primarily because he was exiled there. Okay. So he was so, sort of like Voltaire in that sense, because Voltaire also had to write his best stuff in Switzerland while he was in exile. <laughs> Switzerland is a popular place for exiles. Um, I know. What? So anyway, I started there, yeah. but how how did how did you go from or so at, at what point did you decide that that what you were doing wasn't the thing that you wanted to do that the thing that you grew up with wasn't the thing that you were oh man i've been questioning that actually for a while i i had so like um so i was baptized uh up till i was in fifth grade i did not question it all I mean, where I currently was, I did have some existential issues realizing that there was other stuff going on, which I think is impressive because I started in kindergarten at Catholic school. So I'm sort of like half-calf. I'm not Catholic, <laughs> but I know a lot about how the Catholic Church works better than some Catholics, which is interesting. Oh, better I than wanted... me, I'm sure. I'm born and bred, so that means I know nothing about Catholicism. That honestly sounds like a coffee drink, almost. I'm half Catholic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do that on purpose. Put a little, pun. Put a little Presbyterian on top. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> With a little sprinkle of Judaism, please. <laughs> so, um, so, but uh, yeah, so uh, the, the Catholics, or at least former Catholics on uh, on the show will may recall being about eight-ish years old and going to First Communion. Oh and, yeah, pretty white dress. Yeah, and that is what it is for most Catholic girls, for uh, the little Protestant outcasts in the Catholic school. That is the moment where you realize that a lot of Catholicism thinks you're going to hell, <laughs> which is <laughs> I think they've stopped teaching that directly. Like, I, I know that that was, um, yeah, that was definitely sort of how my grandparents approached it. My parents were very different Catholics from my grandparents, um, kind of hiding the fact that they weren't so worried about other religions. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That was, that's an interesting division of generations, I, I've noticed, for, for Catholics. Like, most, like, like, Baby boomers, for instance, are kind of 
they're they're like that interesting like gray area i've noticed i have to be careful what sort of catholic baby boomer i'm working with like am i going to hell or not in your eye <laughs> yeah I, this yeah. is interesting and do, you, and do you deserve i mean uh, do you deserve that punishment can i can i just be mean to you because i know you're you're <laughs> like yeah can i go ahead and treat you like a second class citizen because yeah. your heaven will not my heaven will not accept you right exactly so, that's a lot for an eight-year-old though because it's like and ultimately what and how what did I you, was around yeah like how did you feel like, that like you noticed the other girls and stuff like it or did was there a specific instance that you remember well i mean it was the it, I mean, it was when we were in religion class and everyone was starting really excited about this crazy thing, First Communion, I was like, oh, I'm fully going to do that because I too believe and love and love Jesus. And uh, we do communion at my church too. So I'm just assuming I'm joining the rest of you on this. And then, oh, who was it? It was one of the older Catholic ladies who, bless her, she so delicately explained to me that Protestants don't get First Communion because they are not recognized by the Catholic Church getting First Communion. And I was savvy enough, that even as an eight-year-old, to realize, because like, at least in my church, the whole idea was anyone who wants God can have Communion. And I'm like, but I, I want God. I love Jesus. Um, communion, give it to me now, because that sort, of like, that sort of like sealed the deal in my eight-year-old mind. Like, yeah. All right, I love you. You give me noms, and we go to heaven. <laughs> and wine, yeah. underage wine for for sure. Like you're allowed to have it. Absolutely. So you didn't but, get noms yeah. nor wine. <laughs> Aww. So an adult actually kind of to just told you, but she did it nicely. She didn't say like, "Cause your people are going to hell." Yeah, pretty much. And and there was like. And and plus my parents, they, it wasn't like they were going to like complain to the principal. It, this was part of the deal that they had signed up for because I was in a, it like my, my school district was super poor and my parents did not want me going there anyway. And I mean, it was otherwise a really nice situation. There was, uh, I mean, we, we got through it and, and I got excused on the day that they were going to do like the special first communion ceremony. So I wasn't like a lone second grader in the pew Aww. sitting there in plain clothes while everyone else got communion. So they were really nice about that. And you didn't have um, to go to religion class either, did you? Cause like in my school, the non-Catholic kids got to come to school later. Uh, no, I totally went to religion class oh, and okay. I got A pluses and all of it. That's <laughs> one of the reasons Catholicism so well. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're sort of religion classes. And your parents weren't any specific de denomination, or would you say Presbyterian was really? Um, my mom, like heritage wise, it's interesting. She still sees herself as Presbyterian, but like, so very closely after the whole First Communion thing. So I was eight, and then about like nine ish, ten ish, I took I I got baptized. And I admit, one of the reasons I got baptized was kind of like this reaffirming, like, no, I am saved. Fuck you. I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, how, that's how I would address that, too. I'd, I'd go right up to Jesus. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> I'd be well, like, a few I've seen that. At least the Jesus in my mind's laughing his head off. But anyway. <laughs> the Jesus in my mind just opens his arms up and folds you into them. And they burn alive. And you forget why you were so upset. You're just like, I love you, Jesus. I, love I you. get it now. I love you. Let's let's go play some roller derby. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus roller derbies, dude. There's probably a Christian roller derby team out there. I hope so. I hope they're called the Holy Rollers. <laughs> Please, yes. <gasps> Why hasn't anyone done that? If that hasn't <laughs> happened yet, I'm just going to fake Christianity and do it. Uh, I don't know about Derby. Oh, it probably is a bowling team. Um, it's on the Simpsons. Where I'm getting that from. Oh, well, okay. Simpsons universe, this is a thing. I bet it's... Uh, I'm anyway, going to find sorry. it. Sorry. Being disputed. So, yeah. Um, so, this was kind of interesting. Uh, so, in... On my 10th birthday, my dad, who is the head deacon of our current church, uh, resigned uh, in a fury because um, essentially there's a whole story behind it, but essentially um, the board of trustees for our church was trying to hide money from the rest of the congregation and use it for unstated purposes. And the pastor wasn't doing anything about it. And my dad as head deacon was like, this is not cool. And I'm just quitting. I'm taking my family. We're leaving. And this was a big to do because he just ratted them all out because he's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I like your dad. I know. In another life, I'm utterly convinced in another, like, assuming that multidimensional universe is correct, in another life, my father became, like, a super leftist progressive activist type. Hmm. I'm pretty convinced of that. Um, Even though he is a very conservative religious Republican. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much... are the same in my mind like anytime i meet somebody who's extreme in one political slash religious way they remind me so much of the other people i know who are on the other end of the spectrum so yes thank you i know right yeah oh gosh actually in political theory uh (laughs) conservatism and liberalism uh come together at the bottom of like a circle oh yeah it's not a spectrum yeah, I've I've seen that too. Especially, it goes through the the libertarian like the yeah. I've seen that that graph. Yeah, someone explained <laughs> it to me because I was like, do, "Am I crazy? Aren't these people kind of like the same?" And someone was like, "Why, Christy? Yes, it's a circle." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so. I've also met similar people. Yeah, on the on the religious spectrum too. Um, but we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. But yeah, so even at like like, eight years old, like we hear this, we've heard this a couple of times from people who've been on the podcast, like you were really young when you knew that what you were being taught and the things around you didn't seem to fit what you wanted life to be. Yeah. And, you know, on reflection, really, that's what what it came down to, what the reason I was being told that I wasn't saved, I wasn't loved by God, really just came down to dogma. That was it. In the hearts of the Catholics I grew up with, I ultimately didn't feel too terribly rejected because in a practical sense, I still felt very accepted by them and still very part of that loving community that was also, you know, in, it with, had a relationship with God. 
and I, I think I was just trying to search for like for the rest of my life and this whole like setup where I, I could find other people who understood like me that sometimes creeds and dogma is just words but it doesn't have a huge actual weight upon your relationship with God. Right. That's something much deeper and something you really have to, can, you have to look deep within yourself and obtain that way. My and woman not through, right here. I want to, <laughs> I want to know what the, the nihilist started out as. I do too. I'm Ooh, curious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Dave, is Dave up for speaking about his early years? I started life as a Catholic. Uh, my family was at best apathetic towards it though, which was <laughs> an interesting uh, switch because my mom had to change her religion to Catholic before uh, my grandmother would let my mom and dad get married. Same. Same Z's. My mom did the same. Uh, Keep going. I don't I don't know entirely what the usual uh, Sunday school experience is but I don't think I got it I did not enjoy Sunday school I didn't enjoy church my sister didn't either uh, she's Your guys Sunday school sucked though <laughs> you've described it to me before and I keep on trying to explain like I'm not trying to say like no, Sunday school, like, you could have gone the other way or whatever. I'm All I'm saying is their Sunday school sounded so boring. Well, what happened was, in your Sunday school, Dave? I don't remember, <laughs> really. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. We stopped going when I was, uh, I don't know, third grade at the latest. Okay. What his sister would describe to me is that they would take, like, youth liturgy books and just read them verbatim aloud. Oh, that does And suck. sometimes repeat, like, every couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, wow. So, like, no discussion, <laughs> no actual talking. Oh you just sit God. there and someone reads aloud from You didn't even book. get the, the sex books, the Family Life, Here's How Sex Works books? That That's too old for me for when I oh, stopped true. going. I'm Oh, right. Yeah, because I was, I, fifth grade is when they, well, they start you with the ovaries and things, I think, around the fourth grade. But, uh. <laughs> that, I love that sentence. They start you with ovaries around fifth grade. When I think about this experience, I think of a, in a, a diagram of ovaries and a uterus. But that's, that's what it was in our school. And it was. The devil horns. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we had religion class during this week at school. Our school incorporated it in, so we never had Sunday school. Because probably our parents were like, don't you make us do another thing because they're tired. <laughs> That's interesting, though. That sucks, Dave. Your Catholic experience. Did you have the Catholic guilt as a kid? Just curious. None but, of it. He's not a guilty sorry. man. I feel a little guilt. <laughs> but not I don't like, feel very guilty. An, not like an inherent guilt in your existence. No. <laughs> so you you didn't you didn't you didn't start off and being like, oh man, just by existing, I have sinned against 
God and Jesus. And I'm a burden on the universe. And I'm a burden on the universe. And you felt none no. of that, huh? No. Huh. Uh, we stopped going to church when I was pretty young. And uh, we identified more or less as Catholic. Uh, I'm sure the rest of my family still identifies as Catholic. But uh, I identified less and less as time on. And uh, at some point in college, uh, in one of my uh, computer science classes, uh, we were talking about object permanence. Now, object permanence for uh, computer science is more or less how long a particular chunk of code uh, exists before it gets deleted and uh, things like that. Uh, so at some point there, uh, we mentioned, well, eh, your, uh, piece of code here lives for a little bit and then it dies and then it's like nothing mattered. And, uh, I thought about that like really hard <laughs> and at some point there, uh, I started uh, thinking about my life and it was well it, no matter what I do I don't see the output of uh, everything I do and uh, the effects of it will be reaching far beyond what I do uh, I was taking a philosophy class at the time and there's uh, a school of, well, a certain section there uh, for consequentialism, where you know your actions have been good or bad based on the consequences. Uh, but if you apply that further, your consequences lead to more actions and then more consequences. And then how do you judge whether something was good or bad? Because I don't know, maybe you give uh, a hitchhiker a ride to the next town over, and then while he's waiting uh, for there for his next ride, uh, somebody uh, hits him with their car by accident. Whatever, something bad happens. Uh, so I might think I've done good, but immediately after that, the guy that I just helped died. Yeah, so, but you, you weren't around to see that, so you're fine. There. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave doesn't have guilt, remember? Right. He has some he's, guilt. He's got some but guilt. He killed the... a homeless guy, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't feel that because he already drove to the next town. Um. <laughs> So, uh, so, um, for, for you, the, the, the wheels of, of nihilism started to get formed up somewhere around in, in college. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, so did, is, is it Nietzsche? Is he the one who like kind of progressed with that one? Uh, I forget. 
He's credited with a lot of it. Uh, he didn't come up with it. I don't remember who did. And is it something? But the Russians that... were big into it uh, a while ago. <laughs> so, um, when go on. So when so so that so the, that that started to take root. Your 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 present thoughts started to take root around around college. When did uh, when did Quaker pop up? In for 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 you, Liz. When did when did you when when that when did that even get on your radar? Um, during a time when I needed a lot of healing, like sp- like spiritually, it was bad. Um, so bad. Did I did you have a friend who was a hitchhiker that died in a car accident? <laughs> sorry, no. I'm that sorry. Be- <laughs> He's trying to bring it back to Dave's story. A part of me, and I though I actually feel guilty about this. A part of me wouldn't have felt too bad if he was hit. <laughs> Wait, was it a breakup? Is that? I think I'm losing the thread a little. Um, okay, so so there were there was like a whole there was a compounding action that happened all in the year of 2011 simultaneously my best and worst year of my life. Mm. This was before I met Dave, um, <laughs> and and I guess so so picking up after after the disciples of Christ, my dad you know takes takes his family while leaving a hut. We go church shopping. This is actually <laughs> the term my parents use. Nice. <laughs> and eventually church shopping. I like it. Uh, yeah. And eventually we landed uh, with the American Baptists and my parents have stayed with them ever since. And, and that was, that was pretty good. Um, I, I, I took that on fairly well and uh, still went to Catholic school and was pretty cool with that dual identity, religiously speaking. And then when in, I went into college I joined another Baptist church because I'm like, this is pretty good. You know, let's not break a good thing going. And, but that was like also a time where I was starting to appreciate, realize, understand. This is about 2008 that um, there was a huge difference between me and the people I hung out with and the religion, the specific denomination I was hanging out with specific types of Christians. I was also simul. I, I was working with. So I, I was working with two new identities. One, I you know went. I never missed a. I never missed church on Sunday in college. I went to Bible study. I did. I was on committees and volunteered. I also hung out at college parties and uh, smoked weed and uh, drank and had friends who were in the gay pride organization and I or and I helped organize a sex positive fair um I was quite the little paradox <laughs> yeah it sounds it sounds sounds like you were le- leaving a double life like, a triple or quadruple tri- triple or quadruple and it was it was interesting because like for me in my head in the particular spiritual life I was leading, I realized on the outside it was looking very paradoxical, but it was only paradoxical because of the church I was at. In the church I was at, I knew that they weren't very cool about 
gay people and they weren't very cool about decent sex education mm. or yeah pick a christian man <laughs> or or education period yeah um if it's if it's and, anything and, like like i went to the the well you probably don't need as much schooling as you think um it's <laughs> And even my dad later said, told me, he was like, I always thought you went to a very conservative church in undergrad. I wanted to yell at him and be like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and this is impressive for my father. And when he's over here being like, it's a little conservative, didn't you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, but your, your changeover and, then, it sounds like college was kind of a flourishing time and like, and like spirituality and church was a... Uh, um, you know, a big part of it, but then yeah. something. So, so you yeah. had you had really good and really bad things happen all at the same like same time. All at the same time. Well, I was under. Well, while I was doing like all this super progressive stuff, I was realizing this part of my spiritual journey. I felt it felt true and good in my heart and in my soul to be reaching out to minorities and bringing them in you know placing them in spotlights and saying these people are cool we need to love them and accept them for who they are and we need to make that normal mm -hmm. not something special this should be normal and uh in and particularly it was interestingly my friendships with so many um i'm just going to use lgbt because they're an a LGBTA uh, for like I had a rainbow of friends I loved them all and I actually went to Bible study independent Bible study in other places with some of them and but at the same time I still hung out with these really conservative guys and they everyone knew I, I wasn't hiding anything everyone knew that I was a complex person and I was religious but I still loved people period no clauses there no exceptions um but it came to a head um when i was i was starting to date this guy who was a pantheist at the time and also one of my church friends got engaged to an asshole <laughs> <laughs> This guy was a goddamn piece of work. He started out as an atheist, a militant atheist, he described himself. Oh and, but now he was a he he found the light. And he found the light because a girl no. had cheated on him. And he found out because she got pregnant. And he made a big deal about like, I can't believe she cheated on me. Of course I I, you know, got rid of her. And he like and, and this her cheating on him and getting pregnant and his whole rejection of her led him to the right and good path of evangelical Christianity. No. And I saw him for what he was. He just kept the militant part and decided to throw Christian on there. Mm. But to me, I was like, you are not a very good Christian at all. And because he still had, he had so much hatred in him of people, period. He was constantly looking for excuses on why he was better than other people. And it drove me nuts. 
And it got terrible when he told one of my Christian friends to, sh they were playing video games and something happened and pretty much this, the asshole fiance told him, you know what? You know why I treat you like this? Cause I hate you. I hate you because you're gay. You're not Christian. You're going to hell. You are fucking damned. Damn. That guy sucks. Yeah. And Ooh. I confronted him and I said, how could you have done this? And to me, he had crossed into a line of huge transgression. He needed to make amends for that. He needed to make amends for that spiritually. He needed to make amends for that in a very physical way by go groveling at that guy and saying he was sorry. Mm -hmm. But of course, in his mind, and he was trying to tell me that he was actually loving Scott from afar. What? Oh, yeah, he was doing the right thing by telling him that he was on the wrong path. Oh, to suck him into his worldview. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And at the same time, I was already having issues with him as fiance because I was starting to go off to St. Louis on the weekends to be with my pantheist guy who was slowly turning into an anti-theist. <laughs> so uh, Matt looked up pantheist for us. Yeah, I looked it up on Just, my phone because we were both looking at each other like pantheist. That's I don't new know. to us. We, we don't know that word. Yeah. And uh, just, just so we have the definition, it's someone who has an all-inclusive idea of divinity, divinity attached to reality, and there's no specific anthropomorph... There's not an embodied God. Right? Did I get yeah. it right? Yeah. And, nope. and he thought, because he was a theoretical physicist, and at the time, he saw... The, the divine and all that he interacted with and considered in science. So an anti-theist, is that different from an atheist? Um, it was his wordage. Um, how he interact, how he interacted with that particular definition, that he identity, made up his own definition. I'm, I'm going to Google um, this just in case. Go for it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you totally think, cause this is a thing. This is a thing. Anti-theist. Um, cause I was thinking like, Oh, so you're like, is is it is it related to an atheist? And it sorta is. And this is the guy you were dating, you know, so you were taking off to see him all the time, while you're going back into the world of your best friend with this crazy dude who just flipped over his own psychoses from one belief system to the next, or lack of belief right. system to the next. Okay, just so I have a, right. Make sure I got the timeline straight. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was this time where, like, on the weekdays and on the weekends, I was interacting in some fashion with a toxic male. <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear, that's not your your pantheist guy. That was more the fiance of your friend. Yeah, and it was, and, and slowly the pantheist guy, when he became anti-theist, all of a sudden he like turned into that very quickly. He went from. I am fine with your Christianity too. If he, he literally close towards the time I broke up with a, broke up with him, uh, he had told me, if you want to stay with me, you have to convert to atheism. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the synonym I have is, is militant atheist. Is an anti-theist. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Someone yeah. who's actively yeah. trying to tell people and make sure that they yeah. don't basically converting them. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. 
they've got their religion of, of atheism and they're telling everybody they need to do it or else. God, that is such a paradox to me. I'm so confused that you try to recruit yeah. people to a lag of belief. So, so yeah, and so I guess like to me, it, the, the reason I'm using like toxic males is there was also this whole like, I am a guy and you are a girl and girls are not that smart. This was kind of like also thrown in in both of their talks mm. because yeah, yeah, there was a lot of like talks for toxin. Yeah, there was a lot of toxins going on in there and it was just all sorts of like you have to you have to adhere to this creed and I'm over here like these creeds again. Oh my god. Let's just kill them. <laughs> Let's just kill them. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were against that. Guess not. Not against killing. So not how, if they need it. At what point at what point did I mean, were you eating oatmeal one day and the Quaker Oats guy was there? <laughs> like how did <laughs> Oh my god. Someone actually gave us Quaker Oats for our wedding. Did they give oh. Dave just oh. a black black hole for nihilism? <laughs> they were just he was, Here's, 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 a, here's a container. It has nothing in it. And it's a vacuum. Enjoy. And Dave was like, he, it brought him no joy nor no sadness. Yeah. But he appreciated the gesture. Yeah. We're totally speaking for you, Dave. Because we're jerks and you're on the other end of the country. Sorry. <laughs> so, that was great. So, so, um, so in the, I'd always, I'd actually always been aware of Quake, uh, of Quakers, but just kind of in my periphery, um, there was a very cool, um, ph uh, philosopher, uh, who apparently is considered by some to be a father of heuristics. He lived in Jacksonville, Illinois. Um, but anyway, my family, uh, my mom's sisters used to be his students, and he was always kind of like an acquaintance of ours, very interesting, eccentric, cool dude. Um, but he was a Quaker, and um, mm. I had been kind of fascinated by that. Um, my I, Another one of my mom's sisters had Quakers for friends. They were just kind of always, always on the fringes. And, um, and one of my... My friends from like the party and uh, LGBT pride party side of my life <laughs> was like, I'm going to the meeting house in Urbana and I just want some company. I know you're a spiritually person. You want to come. And I... Uh, and I went and she decided it wasn't so much for her because it was too quiet, but I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah and actually uh you know having sat next to you for what six months um i can say that i could see the quietness of the quaker being your thing and being yeah because like seriously you can sit next to liz at work and you can forget she's there <laughs> because she gets so focused on what she's doing and she just like cuts you know, doesn't not cut you up but she blocks all the people around her from her attention and just focuses so well oh yeah she's a quiet-minded person see the that's 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 see, honestly the only thing i know about quakers is from the john wayne movie um angel and the bad man that that's the only reference i have and now that's exactly what i'm thinking of every time i i think of you two i just think of angel and john wayne 
That's 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 all. Is Dave John Wayne? Yeah, yeah, Dave, Dave John, John Wayne. Wayne. He's yes. John Wayne. He's... Nice. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's the picture we'll put up, up for you. <laughs> John Wayne. So, so why why was that specifically? Why did that specifically? I mean, other than it was a nice, quiet place. Why did that specifically? Was that the one that you were like? Oh man, I uh, that that really resonates with me. That's that's awesome. Well, um, so things kind of got to a head with the whole toxic world I was living in. I, it finally ended like in one quick one blast, like within two months of each other, because I had confessed to my super conservative Christian friends that I didn't believe in a literal trans uh, in a literal interpretation of the Bible that the Big Bang was likely happened um, science is real evolution as in evolution is real um, homosexuals aren't terrible people and um, to that they said you are damned <gasps> and going to hell so you had your own kind of coming out but just in like look I don't agree with anything <laughs> you conservatives yeah. are into yeah, and like I can't prescribe to this fundamentalist Christianity thing. This is this ain't cool, man. This is too much full of hate. So you got told nonsense. you were damned again. Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. So twice in my life, I have been told I have been damned. I'm like, man, walking heretic here. Um, but and then also, yeah, you know, I was at the same time while I was confessing that I wasn't religious enough for some people. And, you know, whole, you know, dropping that whole, like, I'm just going to stop lying to you. I'm not as religious as you want me to be. And they're like, you know, you're too secular, whatever. I'm turning around. The guy I'm dating is like, you're not secular enough. <laughs> and <laughs> I was so also cool. kind of like, you are also toxic. Goodbye. And... It was sort of like I had, so I had these two separate forces in my life yelling at me, telling me what to do. And it was, it was too much. I needed to find this middle path. If I could steal from Buddhism there. Yeah. Oh, and, you can always steal from Buddhism. They don't mind. <laughs> they're, and, real, they're real chill about people stealing. They from really, them. they won't miss it. And they actually thank you for helping them progress on the path. <laughs> Nice. I love Buddhism. And the beautiful thing about Quakers, or okay, and also I, I'll also throw in like I'll sometimes use the word friends. Uh, that's where Quakers call themselves friends. The, the thing I liked about the friends that I interacted with was that they were not pushing me any which way, but they were giving me the space and the time to try to stop worrying about pleasing others idea of of god and allowing me to refocus and recenter what on earth that meant to have faith and ha to have a relationship with god because there was i did get to this point where i'm like i don't know what's real i don't know what to believe i don't know if I'm saved or if there's any point in being saved, I don't know if I'm loved or if there's any point to being loved. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> and I needed, 
I needed the quiet. And and one of the reasons that Quakers can were a lot were equipped to give me that time and that space besides of course you know the silence um i've i go to uh what are called unprogrammed meeting houses when i go to meeting i they besides the whole quietness uh unprogrammed meeting houses tend to also be on the progressive uh liberal quaker side yes there are conservative quakers we'll get to that in a bit (laughs) but um the more common in the United States are going to be the progressive unprogrammed. They make it very clear that they do not follow any creeds or dogmas. They make that very upfront. And it's one of the reasons I've been repeating it so much. They don't, uh, all these words are just it. They are words and outward professions of your belief are not near they they're fine if that's your thing but what makes a quaker quaker is not professing to a specific creed or dogma it is an intentional seeking of being part of the quaker community and being a part of the divine guidance that you're seeking you you need to you need to look within yourself and be a part and and connect with what they call the light, what other Christians would call the Holy Spirit, perhaps, or God. They just call the light. Um, interacting with that, interacting with the light, and performing and being part of a living relationship with that light, and then living that, being far more than just listening to the light inside you have to actually do it thinking and talking will only get so far you have to walk that walk and it's the walking part i think personally for me is really hard and part of that is because i did grow up in a protestant american household where you we don't have a lot of practice walking it we have a lot of great practice talking it. And honestly, I don't even think, I think one of the reasons I'm able to talk about it so well, like if I had been raised a Quaker, I'd have a harder time talking about this. Mm. There's pros and cons mm-hmm. to being raised a Quaker as opposed to anything else. Cause they don't, they don't put a lot of emphasis on talking. It's all about doing. And real, real quick, you know, I, it's, cause I don't know a, very much about the religion. Um, yeah. When you say there, there isn't, and I also don't know much about words. It appears, um, <laughs> there is some sort of uh, of general belief behind behind being a Quaker. I mean, there is some sort of. Uh, you said there wasn't dogma, but I, I'm assuming there there is something that 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 is the is the line you know that is oh, something yeah. that you that you follow oh yeah no, they have traditions they have guidelines it's not spineless these aren't unitarians or sorry no offense to unitarians man <laughs> this is a rough room this is a this is rough she's been around the block man she knows her biz those spineless unitarians so i mean but so i i guess i i, I don't know very much about about <sighs> So is it, is it, do they study the Bible? Do they, 
do they have other things that they do what what is what is the faith based around is it is it purely based around your you being a, a kind person to everyone else or is there literature and and other things that they use for guidance yeah like catholics has the the greatest hits of um no sex before marriage no abortion um Ah. things like that like is there there, are there some greatest hit type rules in the quaker church um oh man that's some that's that's good that's a good question so um there's a couple of things we're going i'm going to start with the the easiest to grasp things which is quaker vocabulary um so you might have heard i've not talked about going to church in my life right now i mean i've gone to church before but i don't go to church now oh no yeah we we did that as jehovah's witnesses too we went to meetings um we didn't go we didn't go to church we went to meetings and we there was no church it was a meeting hall right yeah 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 um i think friends tend to use like meeting house but same deal um, in, in that respect. There, you don't go to church. You go, you go to meeting house because I mean, these guys really like. You have to understand where it came, where uh, Quakers began was in the middle of the English Civil War and part of that whole Protestant revival. Like very Oliver Cromwell think the Puritans came out of this, okay? And those guys were very dogmatic, but they, they have nothing to do really with Quakers in that sense, but like Quakers, they were very much into being plain, very plain. Everyone's on an equal playing field. And at, the key word here is simple, simple, simple. Churches are supposed to be some sort of special idol-like building and we're not into that because you can find divinity anywhere. I'm speaking in the abstract because I really do like visiting Catholic churches. They're very cool and can be very pretty. Gorgeous pieces of art. <laughs> I do that too. Sometimes I feel better when I've sat in a Catholic church for a little while. I, I always smoke a little bit. Um, like <laughs> like just, just my skin, just a little bit. When you walk into When I walk in, uh, my hair lights on fire. <laughs> That's an extra feature. Yeah, in. it's like it's a bonus. <laughs> it's a bonus. My family always asks if that's happened after I've been in a Catholic church. <laughs> yeah, but no, I say that the angels were singing in my ears. Just yeah, because fuck them. They're screaming in your ears. <laughs> Why are you in here? Ah! No. no, they're like, "What's up, girl?" <laughs> that's how angels talk to me, Matt Martin. Do they? Good. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, church every Sunday. Another, That's another. another sorry. Like, do you have to go uh, to church regularly? All that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. the The reason that we're supposed to be dying is because we don't go into the church very often. Um, oh, that's the other another greatest hit of Catholicism. <laughs> are, um, also, I'm ninety percent demon. That that too. Yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> so 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 uh uh so the 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 teaching that uh idolatry being simple uh uh in in by not by not creating idols yeah not don't cre- create idols and part of the the thing they don't usually talk about idols necessarily 
I'm trying to like find proper words to, you know, make it to put it come make it come across better. Instead of idols, they'd be more like call it distractions mm-hmm. instead. Okay. Taking away distractions so you can focus on what is what you need to focus on. And, and um do, do they do they have like uh so like with uh, a lot of religions they go uh father son holy ghost type of thing is that is is that how they view the structure of their religion i mean is it like a trinity based idea or no it's just the light um and this is where it can get really uh it can't get fuzzy because uh some Quakers do veer more towards Christian flavored. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Christian flavored. Um, Christian friend. Um, however, vanilla. like at the St. Louis meeting house, there are a lot of atheists there actually. Um, really? And but they are Quakers, and this is kind of an interesting phenomenon that has come out of the unprogrammed progressive uh, Quaker meeting houses and that is this influx of like the fastest growing like and this is anecdotal but it has been brought up in multiple com- committee meetings that I've been to where people have noticed we've been getting an influx of atheists <laughs> this is interesting. interesting because is and, God a big topic of conversation at Quaker halls or, or the, the meeting houses I mean, he doesn't have to be. So it really comes down to where are you seeking that divine truth? So hmm. is this and, is this that major difference between programmed versus unprogrammed? I, uh, I mean, what? I mean, be, be, oh, the be, between between the flavor, the flavors of of we're very much a, a Christian belief system versus uh, versus not. So I would say actually programmed Quaker churches are very much like um, like Mennonite uh, services, actually. Um, they are just like many other sermons that you might be familiar with in, in Protestant churches, but a programmed Quaker service is going, it will have hymns, it will have Bible readings, unprogrammed, that's where you meet the silence. Oh, okay. Okay, so that has less to do. It has less to do with um, belief than it does about about structure of exactly. Of the, okay, um, yeah. okay, yeah. But there, but there and, are some. But there are some groups that have. There's you can be a Quaker and be. So it sounds like Quakers can can have a lot of different viewpoints. <laughs> That some of them are oh, are straight up yes. straight up Christian viewpoint, uh, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and some are atheists. Yes. Okay. There is a whole spectrum. <laughs> that is crazy. And cool. It sounds like Buddhism, honestly. It does. It, you know what? I think that's actually a pretty fair comparison, uh, but it's very Western Buddhism. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the coolest things to watch at a Quaker meeting house is not during a meeting, but during a committee meeting. When mm-hmm. the committee, when any committee is talking, it is fascinating. Quakers interact in a way that I have not seen in the outside world, but I think is beautiful and very cool. Um, so this is what happens. 
So you get the Quakers into a room and they have, let's say, a problem. And they will talk about it in a way that they will seek consensus and yet accept disagreement. This sounds like, well, that's no big deal, but I just encourage you, you have to watch it to be like, whoa, people are so understanding, it's weird. I'll give you an example. <laughs> Look, I completely disagree with you, but I accept that, that we disagree. <laughs> but I find your point interesting nonetheless. <laughs> is that is that kind of well, what like, you're going to Is it getting towards that point? or? Even more fascinating, actually. So there was uh, this, I was on a winter outreach committee in St. Louis because, uh, fun fact, so the Quaker Meeting House in St. Louis in the winter converts to a outpost, outpost homeless shelter. Um, they're part of a greater network in the St. Louis area where um, on Tuesdays, if uh, the temperature goes below freezing in the winter. The whole meeting house turns into a shelter. They have Aww. showers in the basement. They, the, the church has like whole setup of like bunkers. They're always looking for donations for uh, good bed clothes. And um, I was part of, while I didn't have the time because of my job to, you know, uh, be there physically. That would be uh, Anheuser-Busch, I, everyone. Anheuser-Busch is the reason. <laughs> InBev. Yes. InBev. In in <laughs> but like I they were they were putting together like this particular they were putting together a letter because one of the biggest issues for um some of the heads of that committee heads really I'm just talking about the women who bothered to schedule our meetings <laughs> and write our letters. You know, that's what constitutes a head, uh, at least for a Quaker committee. Uh they uh, brought up that they wanted to write a letter to the city stating that it was of concern to them that the city was considering doing a men's only shelter when in their experience from working with the homeless community in St. Louis there actually needed to be a women's shelter because homeless women I think still are actually very underserved in the St. Louis community which is really awful because in many ways it's more dangerous to be a homeless woman than a homeless man for various reasons, mm -hmm. patriarchy and stuff. It's <laughs> really just my shorthand of saying, you can get, you're more likely to be a target of like rape or harassment. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. People, you know, a, a very prejudiced person is going to be like, oh, you're not going to put up much of a fight. What are you, a That's whore? Just, and, and I love so, the idea though, that the Quakers are so conscious of their community that they create space for that, you know, bad weather. Let's let everybody come in. You know, this is a safe space. I love that. That's so cool. Oh, oh yeah. And that is a huge part of like that whole talking's cheap. Do it. Right. You have to do. It. Um, and but on that committee, so we, they were trying to form an argument and so that the, the first draft was done and we had it a couple of weeks and then we came back and then someone said, there is this one part, I disagree with it, and I think something needs to be done about it. And it was just one person. And we were just about to send it off, and they said, wait a minute. What you're proposing would completely change the entire paper. And that also veers away from what the majority are discussing. 
However, we are going to fit this in as a clause in the letter because <laughs> what you brought up is still very valid. Cool. Even though we disagree with it. And I was just floored by that because it was the, the point was like that whole the letter, the integrity of the letter itself, like they were still moving forward. Like this is what the majority said, tough titties about like completely changing it. But there was still like the emphasis of we need to make room for the complexity of our thoughts. Right. That's that's beautiful. That's great. So that was, for me, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. And I love how you like, just love this thing. You know, like the, the Quakers are, they fit you so well. Sounds like a focus group to me. A little bit. Because my wife, well, my wife does focus groups and, and um, she goes to different companies and they do it. And like her biggest thing is that she tells people, is like, hey, the point of what we're doing here isn't to come to consensus. You know, the point, the point is that we get our ideas out there and down and our our concerns are out there and that's and that's the the issue of what we're we're doing now whether or not whether or not everybody agrees with those concerns you know is not is not the point is that the the concerns get raised is that the concerns get raised and it's just it's smart people management in general you know to that everybody knows that their opinion may count or does count in some way shape or form so how's that different from the nihilist meetings? Yeah, like I'm real curious now. Where do you go all those nihilist meetings? Let's go back to Dave's. So <laughs> when Dave decided to become a nihilist, we kind of were talking there. It was in college. And I'm just like so curious about a couple of things. So um, I'm curious about how uh, you guys come together as a, a couple, you know, having these very different kind of activities and stuff in your life. But I'm also curious, like, are there nihilist activities? Yeah. Is there like a, I don't know, Frisbee golf or something? What? I missed that. I'm sorry. We do a whole lot of nothing. Ah. Nice. So, that sounds uh, good. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We're very accepting of the other person uh liz can do whatever she wants i can do whatever i want uh we have our own spaces on sunday morning she goes to meeting and i stay at home oh but he's almost done with the uh new link video game oh what is that breath of the wild wild that's been looking really cool so that's been sort of his nihilist meeting (laughs) (laughs) i I play a lot of overwatch and that helps shooting people in the face helps me i don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) so so, better video games than people i suppose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah. killing, you know, essentially is wrong, except for those two guys Liz mentioned earlier. Except for those. Like two. <laughs> um, that's the yeah. That's the caveat. I there. mean, since we brought John Wayne into it, if people need killing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. So, but Mike, I also like. I'm just so curious about. I'm often curious about atheism and nihilism because I think, in some ways, what I'm into reflects similar similar uh, tenets of of nihilism except i tend to be sunnier about it 
um, I think than people I meet who are nihilists because you guys are like nothing, nothing's nothing, <laughs> everything's nothing, right? Nothing right? Is that is nothing? That nothing. is very true. Yeah. yeah. And every time you're happy, you're taking away from someone else. Wait, no, is no. that nihilism? That's pretty much that's a Nietzsche thing. I don't know if it's a if it's a deal. Tell and me he, why. It, well, well, he, like one of his his ideas in one of the things that he wrote was that every time that uh monetarily or physically or something every time that you take something that you that that you you build up you're taking away from another group but the emotion of happiness itself oh yeah yeah you being happy is definitely pissing off someone it's usually pissing off matt (laughs) in general and other other friends of ours but I like that. Yeah. That also makes me yeah. happy. Every time every time Chrissy's happy, I, I just get angry. It really does piss off a couple just, people I, I know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what care. That is. I give no shits about that. But uh back to Dave. <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, tell us more like this philosophy is really important to you. Like even so much so that Liz informed me that you bum other nihilists out because you're so very matter of fact about it. Is that the right that am I rephrasing that right, oh. Liz? He bums other atheists out. Bums atheists out, right. And from what I understand, like, it just comes down to they think there needs to be a purpose, and you're like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you go on, dude? Uh, Things are as they are. Uh And uh, by and large, we're... A small Whoa! speck. Sorry. Say that again, please. <laughs> By and large, we're a small speck. Just things are as they are. There's a couple different. Oh, are you guys on there? Yeah, yeah no, we're, no, no, we're here. here. Yeah, yeah, we're here. Okay. They've cut out, though. Uh, so I couldn't find... Uh, a purpose for life in general and humanity as a whole. I asked uh, my roommate uh, at the time uh, what he thought uh, the purpose of life was, and he came up with to spread more life. And uh, that must well, have been a real sunny, sunny room you guys lived in. Like you're just like super happy all the time. <laughs> life life is a bacteria, um, and there's no purpose. Like <laughs> I don't disagree at all. I want you to know that. <laughs> Sorry, well, I, I've interrupted too much. <laughs> Go ahead. Dave. I I couldn't have a good definition of why we're here people in this country uh from colonization on to uh in some cases they uh thought we should uh have the entire continent to ourselves and uh f over the indians and uh People thought that was their purpose. It was your destiny to populate the entire country. Prior to that, uh, it was to explore. And 
so we keep on setting new goals. So either there is an overall purpose for humanity and we haven't found it yet, or there isn't one. Hmm. Uh, I couldn't come up with an overall purpose, uh, so I determined there wasn't one. I love this. It's so pure. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Right? But my question then, so here's the question that's been kind of sitting in me. Uh, then how do you work with your like emotional states? Like, do you, because I mean, the way you present it is like, meh, meh, meh. So like, but then like, that was I incredibly get, articulate. I know, that I'm was... not being articulate, but I, what do you do with your emotions? Like, I often, I often think spirituality, I know I do it, I know I've seen other people do it, is kind of a way to piece out things that are bothering you, right? Like, things that bother you about the rest of humanity, things that bother you about yourself, that thought you had about killing those two guys that Liz knew back in college. And that homeless guy <laughs> that you gave a ride to. Shh, 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 that, shh. Um, yeah, so like, what do you do, like Dave? What, how does your mind work? How does your mind work without the idea that there is a purpose or that any of this means anything? Well, there's a couple different branches of nihilism. So, the one that people typically know is existential, where you know you're a small speck. Things you do in the long run don't matter. Mm -hmm. There's also moral nihilism, which is uh, basically morals are a human made-up construct. Mm -hmm. and, and then, like, how do you deal? How do you deal with, like, that jackhole at the office that keeps uh, eating your lunch? Well, he has a different point of view. Uh, I don't know what to do about somebody eating my lunch that hasn't <laughs> happened usually uh, <laughs> I don't have a lunch or uh, I'll have it in some spot that's purely mine like at my desk and uh, things like that <laughs> yeah I'm just kind of like it's a hypothetical though you know like how do you deal with just the craziness of life, you know, like there's a, there's so many things that are such a bummer or sad what? or anger making. People act in their own self-interest and uh, there are many forms that can take place. Uh, so whether it's your interest for power or you're standing among other people or uh, your own physical benefit uh, and everyone does that uh, I have a general don't be a dick policy uh, <laughs> towards other people we're all here together there's no reason to make your day miserable when you could just as easily done the same to me but it's all a time waste just enjoy your life uh, enjoy what you're doing and surround yourself with people who care about you and you care about them. Aw, so and you, then, just, you just human it. You're just a human. Yeah, morally yeah. speaking, uh, 
uh, uh, people do actions. Uh, I don't know about there being a good or evil, but uh, as far as nihilism for that goes, uh, I I'm very much a humanist for that. Mm. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> I love it. Just don't be a dick. That's my religion, asshole. Now, now, now I'm going to be a troll for a second. Oh boy. Sorry. Well, here's 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 the deal. So, in in the mind of someone, like in one of those two people that Liz had killed, um. <laughs> I'm gonna have him killed. I want to do it. Uh, well, I, they're already dead. Oh, um, well, the, just so in, their own ways. Uh, in their minds, they weren't being a dick. No, no, they weren't. So that's the out of your life, right? So whenever you say "don't be a dick" for you, it's built on some sort of construct. Um, what do you base that off of? It's more or less along the golden rule of treat others how you want to be treated. Uh, I suppose that does break for Liz's case because if you are headed down the wrong path, then you would want somebody else to tell you uh, your not doing well religiously, you need to change. Uh, but I don't agree with them. They don't agree with me. Uh, <laughs> I, if we're just going to be at odds with each other, uh, don't interact with each other. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and that's something that actually is kind of I don't know. It's like this. I'm in a current phase in my life where I'm trying to figure out where I need to like spend more time as far as the like, people are concerned, like different people I want to spend more time with versus people I spend time with just because of loyalty, you know, because we were friends once and our lives are completely different and I should totally spend time with, you know, and I think that you're right. Like there's reasons to, if somebody completely disagrees with you all the time, why would you want to spend more time with them? Unless you really enjoy arguing. Some people do. It's true. I, I think that's my dad's favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> Good old argue gets the blood moving. Arguments. <laughs> and you know, we had our very first um, guest on here was this guy named uh, Matt. And Matt McGraw had, he was a self-described atheist agnostic. And we asked him because he kind of had like a depression when he left, <laughs> when he got out of uh, the you know Christian based religion, and that he was he was Catholic. He was Catholic, right. yeah. And uh, and he, when he figured it out that he was not Catholic in his heart, you know, um, he went into what he called the nihilist pit, and he found uh, <laughs> he, he, how it was so neat the way he said it. He said that secular humanism was his ladder out of the nihilist pit. Yeah, yeah, just. Just trying not to be a dick. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like we're all in we're all in this mud pit together, guys. Let's, <laughs> let's just try to get out. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. I mean, 
because Catholicism would have been a part of his identity and realizing that it really wasn't a part of him and having to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And totally I'm curious about, curious about those transitions for people too. Like I know you said that too. Yours was basically like you were in a deep hole when you found Quakerism, you know, your first Quaker meeting. And yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I was, I kind of went through a hole in college when Catholicism quit on me or I quit on it. Yeah. And, and the same thing for my friend, for our friend, Matt, um, with his. Yeah, no, actually tell you the truth. I, I'm going to be cruel on uh, mainstream Christianity and be like in many cases I think it quits on the people who are trying to be a part of it ooh interesting and, uh, there is I've met so many people in in my journey who have been hurt by self-righteous Christianity and have tried to find their own paths of healing. And and I think one of the reasons I empathize with that so much is because I've had, I've experienced many, what I think are common reasons why people feel rejected or come to reject Christianity. Anything from like watching church corruption. Hey, been there, done that. Again, there was a reason for leaving the church I was originally, grew, I originally grew up in. <laughs> that was corruption. So been there, done that, or um, people told me I was going to hell because I was gay. Uh, I'm over here like not on the gay part, but yes, I am going to hell according to some people. And and these are, and, and for some reason I'm still here, still professing myself to be a Christian. However, those are, they're hard. They're hard and I appreciate, I think it's a very human and naturally human thing to seek out being part of something greater, maybe not necessarily has to be in the divine sense, but in in a, in a community sense, in a greater identification sense. And when you have to leave Christianity, that is a what that is getting rid of a part of that. You have to divorce yourself from that greater identity, and you have to you have to deal with that in some way mm -hmm. that's that's huge and you know that's there's a there's a big saying in the um the, the, there's a big saying in like the yoga community and the buddhist community that um we're we're evolving as a group of people you know and the next buddha is community like it's not a leader it's not a christ it's not a buddha it's just the coming together of people yeah i think they're yeah i i totally i can see that and getting back i touching back on the whole like the sudden this you know atheist being like the fastest growing part of uh the quaker world i'm in um i mean the, while i can't i don't feel like i can speak for them something that i've noticed is very common for them is they're seeking a community they're seeking a greater purpose and they could easily find it definitely in buddhism they happen I'm honored that they chose uh, the friends, um, <laughs> but I, I don't see it necessarily like the friends are doing something amazing, special that no one else is doing. But I, I, I do appreciate and can understand like, yeah, people are divorcing themselves from a toxic greater identity and they're trying to find a new greater identity. Yeah, that's uh, great. It's, uh, I, I think of it as the more positive side of the coin or other side of the coin because like growing up in mainstream Christianity, 
you'll often hear, and you guys probably heard, like heard something like this, um, how like the church is shrinking and people aren't coming to church anymore. And, you know, it's a sad, you know, end of the world sort of, you know, you want to, if you want to get someone down who goes to church regularly, mention statistics along those lines. And they'll be like, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, there's side of the coin where like, you know, there's people are actually trying to find a, their greater identity and hopefully it is it's more positive like what you're experiencing Christy mm-hmm. and what I'm experiencing too and I guess Dave with Zelda for now <laughs> Zelda's pretty sweet I mean it's it's uh it, I've heard good things I've heard good things about Zelda <laughs> Zelda not trying to make Zelda its own religion. I'm sure some people, though, come to think of it, I would be shocked if there wasn't someone who is like, I am a priestess. Uh, of... I'm pretty sure Orcran of Time has its own religion. I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that that single Zelda video game has a cult following. I yeah. don't doubt it at all. Well, it sounds too like, like as I think about the nihilist world... Uh, that Dave lives in, which is not really, you know, like, it's not like that's, um, that's not how you find community, right, Dave? Like, you look for community in your video games and roller derby at one time. I don't think I really search for community, uh, at least as far as nihilism goes, I don't at all. Uh, you know, I, I have things that I enjoy and I interact with people there, uh, but we don't talk about things like that, mm-hmm. uh, hardly ever. Yeah. Uh, so I do martial arts and I, uh, I have a couple of friends and, uh, just some of them are very religious and some of them are very uh, not religious and we all get along just fine <laughs> uh, it's, religion isn't the thing that binds us but right. uh, we have a mutual friendship uh, among ourselves just from uh, being around each other and having a good time while doing it and they're not they they're not dicks. They're not. <laughs> that is the key. Is are these are these wait a second, are you all training to punch people in the face though? Because I can get behind that. Uh, kick people. Kick not people. Fun. Yeah. Martial, martial See? See? I, I, it's all about you, hurting someone. <laughs> You're getting your joy from hurting <laughs> someone else. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> I've actually I've seen like nasty stuff break out in Capoeira. That's actually kind of oh yeah, man, you get tense. Capoeira is neat, yeah. Fighting. Or wait a minute, sorry, you guys don't call it fighting; it's playing. It is a yes, it's yes. a game. It is a game. There's no matches; they're games. <laughs> and that's Capoeira. That's your uh, martial art of choice. Yes. Neat. I love yeah. Capoeira. It's hardcore. It's so it's a Bra- it's Brazilian fight dancing. Oh man! Yeah. 
I've seen video game characters that do that. And they and they yeah, like there's a whole cool thing with that, yeah. I'm sorry, what? It's just it's neat. Like I I went to one Capoeira class and it kicked my butt and I really loved it and I've not been back, but I feel like it would be really fun. Like they have competitions and they and two people will just be in a ring of other people and and do the dances and the moves and back and forth and it's not choreographed it's that a, I know it's of. It's a dance off. Yeah, is that great? Right, Dave? I might be getting it wrong. It's Maybe a dance it off. Or dance off choreo. It's not a dance off. Oh my gosh, I'm fully no. describing it to SB Gal. No, I'll call Kim Boyu and I'll be like, Kim Boyu, you need to call the next Hoda a dance off. It's a and dance keep off. On... <laughs> keep calling it that. I'm so sorry I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're sorry to Dave, but Liz I'm sorry. Is really I'm sorry happy to with Dave. Uh, I transferred your happiness to her. I'm. <laughs> it meant nothing to me anyway. So there. He's, he's a nihilist. If you were a dick, and he's not going to talk to you again. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Do is this is it. One is one last is it one last thing time? Is yeah, it... I think so. I feel like. Do you guys feel like we covered all the bases on 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 yourselves and and anything else you wanted to talk about with regards to Quakers and nihilism and? I think I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I I think I covered uh, a lot of the you know greater touch points. Really, like the rest is just kind of nonsense detailed -y stuff that's more tedious than informative and entertaining if you don't mind I, 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 could shoot a lot of stuff, but... I, I, I think I have oh, sorry, I think I have a last question yeah. uh, we always so whenever we do these we always try to finish off with a question that's in the flavor of the religion or spirituality or lack of spirituality we've been talking about and it and it's flavor okay. it's flavor that that popped into my head because because Liz said flavor and I'm like well, yeah what flavor would your religion be if it was an ice cream yes Ooh. that's good mm. and we'll all answer the question so just yeah it's it, we'll everybody gets an it. answer hmm hmm Mine would be unicorn with a chocolate undertone, <laughs> like the like the unicorn shake that they just had. It, it's, it's yeah, it's very Starbucks. bright and color, lots of colors, but there's got to be some dark in there too, like dark black chocolate. It's good. It's like a unicorn. It's like a unicorn frappuccino and a, a midnight mocha mint frappuccino, and they put it together. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 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 all that has to be one, and it all kind of is separate <laughs> and the same. At the same time. And it's all separate at the same time. Yeah, that's mine. Nice. Yummy. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, what would mine be? Um, I'm going to say that it's got some, it's got some like black licorice in it. It's got some, it's got some black licorice in it. And for sure there's a coffee flavor just because of how much I drink. And uh, something hard that you could break your teeth on. 
I'm that's yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's coffee ice cream with chunks of black licorice and just I don't know like rocks. Yeah, just <laughs> and rocks. <laughs> And rocks. And rocks. Just gravel. There's just gravel in there. So, like, yeah, if you bite into what you feel about Christianity, it was super spirituality in general. Yeah, it was it was coffee ice cream with licorice chunks that someone just dropped on a road somewhere. Dude. <laughs> and then picked it back up and put it into a, a cone or a waffle yeah, cone. Exactly. They're yeah, like, waffle bowl. yeah, this is good enough. Eat it. <laughs> oh, Damn, boy. Dude. Was sad and terrible. Yes. Sad and terrible. (laughs) And he'll eat it too. I will. I'll I'll eat the whole thing. (laughs) What what do you got, Liz? Um uh, oh gosh, it would probably be something like it would there would be Instead of fudge drizzle, it would be like a brownie batter drizzle with some nuts in it. And it would be it would do you delicious, comforting, but give you some stuff to chew on. What's oh. the what's the base ice cream on it though? So you get like I mean, is this all is this, like if it's like is it vanilla, is it a chocolate, whatever? A basic base. We're going to go with vanilla, vanilla but okay. the kind with like the actual vanilla bean flakes in it. Ooh, of course. So yes. it might be basic. But it's flavorful. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's got like a fudge, fudgy brownie batter drizzle with chewy chunks in it. Yep. Ah. Nuts. Probably That's... some cookie dough. That sounds satisfying. That sounds satisfying. Then probably made it. It's the kind of thing I could eat and then sit in a meeting house. <laughs> and digest. If they allowed that sort of thing. I don't know. Like St. Louis is pretty, St. Louis's meeting house is actually pretty chill because they'll allow things like knitting and reading and bringing in your meditation app and the current <laughs> meeting house I'm at is like no none of that I'm over here like geez Quaker Nazis fine <laughs> alright all right, all right. come to the last flavor what, what's uh, your flavor <laughs> I'm really struggling with this uh, all I've got is an empty waffle cone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's not dark. It's not light. It's empty. It's an empty waffle. I believe you win. I believe you win. <laughs> if the waffle cone even existed. Yeah, if the waffle cone even existed. <laughs> uh, that bit at, at Baskin Robbins is just like air. Ooh. And it's labeled nihilist. Yeah, that's exactly what it <laughs> and is. And there's a little candy ladder of secular humanism. <laughs> in case you're getting bummed it's a, out. It's a waffle cone with like chocolate around the edge and sprinkles, but there's nothing inside. <laughs> <laughs> that waffle cone. That's that's capoeira. Uh, that that's. that's... <laughs> That sounds that sounds fun. Sounds delicious. I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh my god. Thanks you guys so much for doing this. You're welcome. This and was we, hilarious. We got Dave to talk, which was one of the yeah. challenges Liz gave me. And Dave, you're you're a good talker. I like Thanks. it. Uh, you have to talk directly to me or the, I'll just listen, but if you talk to me, <laughs> I can say things. 
<laughs> and you say very good things. I like it. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much, you guys. Yeah. Um, anything exciting planned in DC for the rest of your day? I'm probably going to attend to our mining rig. Um, we're building a computer to mine cryptocurrencies, like <laughs> not Bitcoin, because that's like you have to use super specialized hardware for it, and they have like whole warehouses in Hong Kong to like dedicate they're dedicated to that god damn it more like um probably monero um might explore other things too you guys are so far beyond me in the world sometimes someday i'm gonna come just hang out and watch and just come in time and hang out by the mining rig because that thing gets so warm That's awesome. Oh, well, have a good time with it. This is so great. Yeah. And, and let's catch up again soon, Liz. I miss yes. Ya. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we should. You, I, I, yes, cool people. I need them in my life. You got it. So hard to, sometimes. You are one of them, Christy. Thank you. Oh, you too. I really enjoyed this too. And yeah, let's keep up. Awesome. <laughs> it's Saturday, guys. You too. Oh. Th- th- oh, thank you. Uh, enjoy your next dance off. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a video of that, if possible. And uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll let you go. Bye. Yep. See ya. Bye. Bye. Better second line. Second line. When I die. When I die. You better second line. Second line. You better put my gators on my feet. In case it's too hot for me to take the heat. When I die. When I die. You better second line. You better second line.